Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I'm Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about feedback loops, specifically around your financial situation. And I'll have you just take a step back, right? You all help people with their health and you help them holistically, right? And you're looking at, I mean, you look at feedback loops all the time. What is it people are putting into their body? Like you're trying to find the root cause rather than prescribing and solving something that isn't actually the cause of the issue. Yeah. And instead of addressing symptoms, you're going after what's the underlying issue? What's the problem? What's the cause? And then you help your patients measure really how they're doing, right? Because they come back in and you're having conversations around, you know, how their, their blood works looking, you're, you're, you know, you're literally helping them get on the right path. And then actually they can feel it, how that path is going. Well, when we talk about finances, it's hard to feel, right? Unless, unless you're Scrooge McDuck and you've got a bank and you're diving into your money every day, right? And I love that show as a kid, by the way. <laughs> right. well, I mean, fin- financial feedback loops, actually, they're some of the longer feedback loops that, that exists. And oftentimes it, it works counterintuitively. Most Americans are spenders, not savers. And therefore, we actually get positive feedback from doing oftentimes the wrong thing. And it's not until years down the road that we actually get that negative response from the feedback loop, whether it's you know debt accumulation or um, lack of savings or, or things of that nature. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's not a a quick feedback loop, and that's one of the big issues and the big reasons why so many Americans have a challenge with their finances is that even if we see our finances growing, it may not be growing by enough to accomplish your goals. And by the time we we actually realize that we have an issue, it's oftentimes challenging to then go ahead and fix those issues. But it takes time for the growth to occur, right? Like everyone talks about this miracle of compound interest. And what's funny about that is you put a dollar into whatever investment account or retirement account that you have today, that $1 didn't turn into a million tomorrow. Like it's not that quick. It takes decades for the growth and that miracle of compound interest to really see, right? And so the same thing is with your health, right? You can stop drinking today, but it doesn't mean tomorrow you're going to feel like a whole different person. Right. Right. And who knows what the, the damage to our liver that we've already done and things of that nature, right? Exactly. So what we're proposing is, okay, where is it? How are you looking at how you look financially? And the issue that is out there right now is, I don't know about you, Alex, how many different logins do you have (laughs) for all of the different financial pieces of life? Uh, Currently around 500. It feels that way, right? Because you've got a mortgage login, you've got maybe a 401k login, you've got your bank login, you've got your insurance company login, you've maybe got your crazy financial advisor login. That's a joke, everybody. (laughs) But right, we've got all these different logins. And and oftentimes you have multiple different logins for similar stuff. Like you have 
like multiple different insurance logins, multiple different investment logins, um, tax login. Yeah, you, you, there's just so many different systems that we access now. So how do you know what you really look like financially? How are you looking at it holistically, right? Sure. Or, or are you just looking at the one account right? and saying, okay, is that growing? Well, is that the best way to look at your finances? As naturopaths, you know that that's not the case because you wouldn't look at your health that way. Yeah. What's, what's the dashboard that you have, if you will, that, that provides indicators on how you're doing? Like, what are those things that we need to look at on a regular basis? And by regular basis, maybe we look at it, you know, once a month or once a quarter or heck, even just once a year and, and gauge year over year growth towards goals. And I'm sure some of you, like you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, I should probably do that. And you might even be cringing because you're like, well, I have $300,000 of student loan debt. I don't really want to look at how I'm, I'm looking. And, and believe me, I get it, right? I, I, it would be difficult to do that because you kind of inherently know what you look like in terms of a net worth aspect. But also, once you, once you truly know what you look like and you actually see steps, right? Like if you log in next quarter and you see how it's changed, that's a motivator. Absolutely. And we can also tell you from experience, taking the ostrich approach and burying your head in the sand does not make the danger go away. It doesn't lessen the, the concern. It might make us feel a little bit better that we're not looking at it but we're not going to make the progress that you want towards eliminating that student debt or uh, you know, paying off that mortgage, getting into the first home, building up that retirement account, all of those various different things that we want to try and accomplish. So it, it, so much of it is just really trying to figure out like, okay, how do we go about measuring this stuff? So there's several apps out there that people use, right? Mint.com comes to mind. Um, even banking institutions kind of have an app. I know that I'm with um, BECU here locally um, and they have an app, but it doesn't capture my entire financial picture. It just captures what I have at that banking institution. Alex, do you know of any other apps or anything else that's out there that captures it a lot more? I mean, there's dozens of them um, and so much of it is just trying to get to a system and a structure that winds up working well for you. Um, and then having like, like what we have found is this is not too different from dieting or exercise. We all kind of know what we need to do, but at the same time, unless we have that accountability partner holding our hand and helping us actually follow through on the things that we need to do, we don't really do it. So making sure that you have somebody who knows whatever structure and system you're using, whether it is uh, mint or, you know, any, like there are literally dozens of different financial planning tools, some of which are free, some of which cost money um, to, to go ahead and help provide some of these dashboards. So if you don't want to use an app or if you're looking or if you're wondering what should be in the app, so we're going to, we'll, we'll take you through an exercise right now. So if you're driving right now, kind of earmark this episode. And when you get home, I would, I would suggest going through this exercise and maybe even going through it once a quarter, um, because you actually, if you physically have to build it out, which makes you look up what it is you're doing. So kind of, if you've got a piece of paper, 
draw two squares, right? Side by side and make the squares decent size. On the left side square, label that square assets. And in, the, in that square, what we want you to do is write down the number that you have sitting in your checking and savings account. Below that number, write down what you have in any investment accounts, right? And you may or may not have that, the investment accounts outside of retirement accounts. So this would be stocks, it would be bonds, it would be mutual funds, it would be... Um... Uh, jewelry, collectibles, art, any of any of the other investment assets that you own. Below that, you've got retirement accounts. So if you've got your IRAs or your SEPs or anything else, calculate and find out what's the total amount you have sitting in your retirement accounts. And then you've got real estate below that. So how much you could sell your home for or any other rental properties that you might have, any real estate investments. And then last and definitely not least, this might be the biggest number in your balance sheet, is what you think your business is worth. Right? So those are your assets. Add all of those up, and now you know what your total amount of assets are worth. Now switching over to the other square we had you write or draw, Label that one liabilities. And what this is, these are the debts. So the first number you want to write down is what calculate the total amount of short-term debt you own. All right? This is going to be your student loans. This is going to be car loans. This is going to be credit card debt. That's what we mean by short-term debt. And then... If you own a home or you have any mortgages, write down the total mortgage that is still owed. And then last but definitely not least, what debt do we have on the business? Add all of those numbers up and now you have the total amount of liabilities. So the good news is if you take the assets and subtract the, the liabilities, now you know your net worth. Now, below those two squares, if you want to draw a rectangle, that is the same length as both squares. This is going to be your cash flow. So what we're going to start with on the left is what you bring in on an annual basis. And for you guys, it may change year to year. What we're looking for is a, a, as close of an estimate of what we think it's going to be moving forward. Then in the, uh, the next to that, we're going to write down what all of the insurance costs are. So this is going to be everything from your health insurance to your auto and home, your business liability, any of the uh, like life or disability insurances that you have, all, all of the, the insurance costs that you incur. Next to that, we're going to put down any systematic saving that we're doing. Um, and so this is any dollars that are going into retirement accounts, any dollars that you're systematically setting aside intentionally into other accounts beyond your checking and savings accounts. Um, so if you're doing any investing or things of that nature, that would go there. The next number that we're going to capture um, is any of the taxes that you have to pay. 
and any of the the cash flow from your liabilities. So if you had short-term debt or if you had a mortgage or your business debt, what are we looking at in terms of the cost on an annual basis to be able to pay those those debts and and uh, keep those current? So real quick example, if you've got a $300 a month car loan, right? It costs you $300 per month for your 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 loan on your car. So 300 times 12, that's $3,600, right? So that's one debt is $3,600, whatever you pay in your student loan debt, right? So add these all up and now you've got one number of an annual number for your debt. But essentially what we're creating here, as Alex said, is what your cash flow looks like. As your income comes in the door, where is it going? Yeah. And then what we can do is we can take that initial number that the annual income of what's coming in and subtract out our insurance costs, subtract out our intentional annual savings, subtract out our debt and tax costs. And that leaves us with what, how much is left over for our lifestyle. Um, and and then, then we can go ahead and see, okay, does that line up with what we spend on a, a monthly basis or an annual basis? And it gives us a good marker. And if, if it feels low, uh, then we should take a look at like, okay, where are we missing dollars? If it feels high, then we should figure out like, okay, that, that typically means that we're then adding debt to, uh, to the balance sheet on an annual basis. Um, it, none of these things are necessarily good or bad. It's, it's understanding the circumstances and then making intentional decisions uh, towards goals around it. So um and, and for you guys, some of these numbers can be a little bit challenging to go ahead and figure out um, because the, the practice and the personal can get melded together. Um, so we would actually encourage doing this on two separate basis, um, one for the practice and then one for the personal. And then last but definitely not least, so you've got that rectangle underneath the asset and liabilities. I want you to draw another rectangle the same length as that cash flow bar. And that, and I want you to put that rectangle above your assets and liabilities. Okay. What this is, is what we call protection, right? This is the umbrella over the entire financial picture that hopefully is protecting everything you're building. And the categories that you're going to have in there is the first category, the first section is what protection do you have for lawsuit? Right. This tends to be an umbrella policy on the personal side, malpractice on the business side. Could also be some commercial insurance on the business side. Yep. The next section is what do you have in place for protecting your income if you were to get sick or injured? Right. This is typically known as a long-term disability policy. And healthcare. Yep. Like what do we have? Insurance, in- medic- medical, vision, dental. Next column, do you have your wills and trusts in place? Do you have your power of attorneys, health directives? Are you set up as an LLC? Do you have your uh, buy-sell agreements if you have a partnership? What, what documents do you have in place for your practice? And then last but definitely not least, life insurance. How much do you have in life insurance for protecting yourself and any um, business life insurance you have in terms of protecting the business? So if you look at this, Overall, you can kind of see it, I don't know, it kind of looks like a house, or at least the framework of, of a financial house. 
And this is a 30,000 foot view look of how you look holistically around your finances. Yeah, I mean, the, the cash flow is the foundation of your financial house. Uh, the protection component is the the roof that keeps all of the the weather and outside out of it. And then the the assets and the liabilities are are the actual rooms that we get to kind of enjoy on a uh, on a day to day or or year to year basis. Um, this gives us a ton of information, and at the same time, we can look at it on a single page. And then we can start taking a look at some of the ratios here. We can start looking at how it changes over time um, to, to really figure out like, okay, what are our goals? And now we can start looking at how these different components fit into those goals and gives us a way to track towards those goals and figure out like, okay, our, are the ratios that we're looking at improving? Like it, it's awesome and amazing if we wind up earning more but if we earn more and save less, that creates a bigger problem, not a smaller problem. So the purpose of today's episode is truly understanding how you look financially and how are you actually capturing that data? Are you even looking at it, right? And I, I get you're running a business, right? Like we, we understand everything that's on your plate. And we also understand that money isn't your driving force. The purpose of this though, is your, your practice has to thrive for you to help your patients. If it's not thriving, how are you helping them? And we would encourage you to, to spend maybe it's just one day a quarter, but ideally it's maybe more like one day a month that you spend working on your practice, not just in your practice. Absolutely. Believe me, Ryan and I totally get this. Like we run a financial planning practice, which is different, but at the same time, it's also the same where we're running a small business. And so if we don't spend time taking a look at how are we doing what when working on our practice, not just in the practice, then we will wind up uh, regretting decisions that we make because they're short-sighted because we don't have access to this type of information because we're not spending time looking at the direction that the firm is going and making intelligent strategic decisions on how to go ahead and accomplish the goals of the practice, the partnership, et cetera, and making sure that, that everything is working the way in which we want it to for the betterment of our clients uh, for each other, for the practice, uh, and for our employees. Which takes us, Mr. Collins, to the question of the day. And the question of the day today is how are you gauging what you look like financially on a year-to-year basis, both from a personal standpoint, as well as from a professional standpoint? So if there's some, some method that you're using, go ahead and head on over to holistic finance dot uh, com and leave it leave us a note if you're struggling with that want to reach out and have us help you out with that great uh, if you have a question for an upcoming podcast go ahead and let us know and and we're happy to go ahead and have conversation with you or or uh, address some of the questions uh, either directly or, or in future podcasts and I'll add one other note um, for that that blueprint that we discussed and we laid out if you want to reach out to us send us an email on that page and just put in the subject line or the note saying that you're looking for um, the a dashboard template 
for your finances, we can send you a PDF of that template so you can actually fill it out for yourself. That way you don't have to sit there and draw. If you're anything like me, um, I can't draw stick figures. So um, <laughs> I've seen it. It's bad. <laughs> Not so, that I'm a great artist. I'll put that out there as well. So feel free to reach out to us for that aspect as well. As always, we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and maintenance value. Brian Knox, our registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Holding Report, Claremont, California 9771. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow Air Insurance License Number 153-19412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699 CA Insurance License Number 0H24864